everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to podcasts. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at convoscws at gmail.com. That's convos at cws, convoscws at gmail.com. I'm so excited. I can't even talk this today. Hey, listeners, guess what? We have an amazing guest today. I have sitting here with me, D to the C, renowned DJ, personality, and uh, definitely a part of St. Louis. So let's give it up for D to the C. Wow. Just all fancy up in here. I got to tell you, I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Um, so first, let's start off for all the listeners who don't know who you are. Just tell them about you. Well, um, my name is Don Clare. <laughs> government name? Yeah, government name today. Don Clare, but everybody knows me as D to the C. Um, I've been working radio since I was 14. Started at Ridner High School to Flow Valley. So on the road with Run DMC to uh, Radio One turned Urban One till they sold us to Intercom and Intercom became Odyssey and now I'm the production coordinator for KMOX, for KZK, for Y98, 97.1, Hot 104.1, 96.3. And um, am I missing a station? I think I'm missing one station. That is a lot of stations. Um, yeah, so I, I, my, my plate is full. Wow. And I still DJ on the side. So that gives you about how many years in radio? Well, ish. figure this. I started when I was 14. I, I turned 52 on the 24th. Wow. Of this month. So you've been a part of St. Louis Radio forever. I wouldn't say forever. I, I, I'm a significant historian in it. <laughs> so what is it that you like about radio? What got you interested into it? I don't, you know what? I really don't know. I, I just remember, and it's funny you said that I ran into my um, assistant principal from Rittner High School the other day and she called my mother's name out and I was, I just kind of looked around. I was like, yeah, wrong, right, right name, but just wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I told her, it's like, she asked me, they all asked the same, are you still doing radio? And I said, yeah. So everybody that knew me in school, um, knew that when I got into that radio station, I was going to be there all four years and radio was just going to be my thing. Um, I, yeah, the rest is history. Wow, that is so amazing. And I think you, if, if living your passion was a person, you would be it. Man, look, I, I, don't, I don't know about passions, but it was definitely, you know, I'm very passionate about radio, but the drive that I had then I still have to this day and, and I wouldn't change that for the world because at the end of the day this is what you know what I set out to do most of my peers cannot say that right and and I know that we have these discussions often but what do you, why do you think people lose their drive people jump off into stuff um you know maybe they're going going into music or they're going into radio or they're trying to do something and then they do well for a while and then poof they they lose it why, why do you think that is it, it could be one of several factors you know um, people easily get distracted 
or um, they don't have the support team that they need to to do. But you know, a person like me, I'm, I was at that age and the age that I am now, I was cocky and arrogant at that point where I was like, it, it didn't matter to me if I had the backing. I knew what I was going to do and I did it, you know? So I, it was just one of those, once I set my mind to it, there was no changing, there was, there was no going back. So, you know, I, I see people that are determined like you and I always wanted to ask like, what do you do on bad days or, or like if you come into a situation where things don't work out and dis- get you get discouraged how do you how do you handle that because what i hear when i hear people say they have that mad determination or that strong determination you know i don't hear i never hear the other side of it i've never really had a scenario where um I've had a bad day. I know I've had some people that have made me mad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Stop like, yeah, looking let's, at me. let's talk about yesterday. No, <laughs> I had some people that made me, you know, but, but the thing is, is that in, in any aspect of whatever it is you do business wise, you are always, every day is not going to be peaches and cream. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not about who made you mad or who discouraged you. It's about what you take from that and move on. If you can't move on, that means you're stagnant. And when you're stagnant, you go nowhere. Now, what you just said was that you have to look internally and figure out what it is you need to do in that situation. Am I hearing you correctly? Possibly, but let's let's look at it a different way. Okay. Let's look at it as a, a pie chart. Okay. You have sections in the pie chart, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So my biggest section is stay focused Ooh, that's good my smallest section is deterrence people who oh man come in your way and and, and try and um jack your day up I, <laughs> you stay on this side of the pie because this side over here which is the focus portion is the part that we eating off of today so i can't let anybody stop me from doing that because because people are depending on me to do what i say that i have to do yeah, and I, I think that when we have a goal in mind or we trying to accomplish something, being able to handle that piece of, you know, just dealing with stuff like obstacles, people that make you mad, situations that don't um, pan out the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. It's not that you have to get emotionally invested in that, but you can learn from it, get some takeaways from it. And, and pivot so that um, you can keep moving forward. Right. And that's, that's, that's the key. You have to be able to keep moving forward. Um, you learn from your past. You know, things that happen in, in, that are behind you, you learn from that, but you got to keep moving forward because right. it's always, this in this business, is always a forward momentum. Um, and just, we talk about my job situation and where I'm at, you know, when I had been with Radio One for years, mm-hmm. I always felt um, privileged to be working at for that company mm-hmm. because it's black owned. Oh. I mean, it was a black owned company, but it was black owned by a woman. Oh, that's right. That's right. Her name was, I can't remember, but I remember hearing her doing the spots all the time. Yes. Kathy Hughes. Kathy Hughes, that's so, it. And at the at the end of the day, I always felt privileged to work for that station. 
it wasn't until I got over with Intercom and Odyssey that I saw where the real opportunities were. And it opened my eyes up to a lot of different things. And I was like, oh, I spent all these years here. I guess I was just supposed to be honing my skills mm. for when I got over here. Wow. Because when I got to Odyssey, or what now is Odyssey, mm -hmm. I, I never stopped running. It was just like a kid in the candy store. I had my fingers in everything. Wow. You know, and when I started to show them what I was really capable of, I just started seeing more blessings come my way. And, I'm, and I haven't stopped yet. And it's been over almost two years now and I haven't stopped yet. Wow. Because and that, and I think what you said is, is kind of interesting, too, that even though you were at this company working really hard, you know, that was a period of or a season, like we like to say. That was a long season. It was a long season. <laughs> but you were you were diligent, like you weren't you weren't angry about it or you weren't saying like well you know I've been here for so long and if and if I can't move on I'm just gonna dip out you just kept working on your skills and then when you got to Odyssey boom well like you know somebody had told me a, a while ago when I was at Radio 1 it was like I don't know where you're going but definitely going somewhere and, and that's all they said Not, and that was more than enough for me to say alright well I'm gonna, still, I'm gonna still do what I need to do you know, and in the, in the meantime, I was still putting my own stuff together. You know, my own studio, my own voiceover booth and all that stuff. I was still putting all that stuff together for myself because I was like, I see where this can go. So why not take full advantage of it? Plus, I'm good at it. Right. So you do radio and then you just said you have a studio and you do voiceover. That, wow. <clears throat> well, Years back, there was a platform called Ustream, and DJs would be on Ustream, just DJ. You see, they bring the cameras to the house. Well, I would say uh, the computer, the, what do you call the computer cam, uh, cameras? The oh, webcam, webcam, so, yeah. So everybody had a webcam. <laughs> the DJs in the house webcammed up, and they they are DJing, and, and um, <laughs> it's, I was like, oh, I can do this. And that's what I, I started focusing on building this whole entire studio for so I could DJ. And I was gonna be, I knew I was gonna do this whole webcam thing. And that worked out really well. It worked out to the point where I started to figure out other things that I could do. I saw a DJ, had no idea what green screen, lighting, and anything was at that time. Mm -hmm. But I saw a DJ on there. And he was DJing videos and I was already DJing video mix. I was doing mixed mix, videos okay. myself, but I never knew which direction I could take. And so I started, that's when I started asking questions. Mm -hmm. One guy in particular was in Atlanta. The other guy was in Vegas. I, I don't have any contact with the guy in Atlanta at this point, but the guy in Vegas has always kept it. Wow. Um, when we started talking about things that we, how we could do this, I was like, oh, Okay, well, let me figure out, because they were all Mac users. Mm -hmm. I was still PC. You couldn't get me off PC. <laughs> I was diehard PC. I was like, I am not giving up. No, no. Because I just, I, I figured out how to make it work. Okay. So then when I was able to put the video in play mm -hmm. to DJ online, mm -hmm. 
That was a whole nother ballgame. Now, was Ustream before Facebook and Instagram? No, Facebook and Instagram were around, but Ustream was the platform that okay. allowed DJs to just come on. You could come on Ustream and, and create your own account. And I think everybody had a, a quiet storm. So. <laughs> not, like, the, not the quiet this? storm. <laughs> yeah, it was like everybody had a quiet storm. So like, who is this? Let me check and see what they play. Oh, she got that Teddy Pendergrass. Okay. Close the door. Exactly. But you know, they... It, it, it allowed you to, and then there was live stream was up around at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you had Ustream and live stream, and then they started charging and putting commercials in our, our, in our. Oh wow! And and it, it was like, yeah, we don't like this. Yeah, that just ruins the whole experience. But you can't do anything about it because right. you don't own it. Right. But it was a learning tool for me to figure out. Okay, I know what to do. So when COVID hit, everybody went to Facebook. Okay. Nobody remembered Ustream, Livestream, any of it. Mm -hmm. Everybody was going to Facebook and they were getting cut off. Oh, really? But that's because Facebook didn't want you to play music. Right, and right. And they were going to have to be responsible for paying those dues mm -hmm. to these artists and to these labels, to these record companies. Mm -hmm. And I just said, that was it was a dumb move. Yeah. Why are you on Facebook? Well, everybody's on. So? Why not do your own thing? Right. So then, lo and behold, Vegas calls and was like, you're going to go back on uh, Facebook? I'm like, for what? We've done this already. So yeah, but I don't think they're doing it the way that you're doing it. And, and that, that prompted me <laughs> as a challenge. I was like, okay, here we go. So then I, I had a green screen at the time that I'd been mm -hmm. playing around with. Mm -hmm. And then I told my sister one day, I said, this green screen ain't going to get it. I need something bigger. And she said, well, why don't you just paint the wall? You painted the wall green. I painted the whole wow. entire wall, and it just it. And then I got some different cameras. I went and got uh, video cameras mm -hmm. for a better view. It just opened up a whole different ballgame. Wow! And people were calling me and asking me, "What are you using? What app is out?" Like, this ain't no app. <laughs> this is not an app. I'm sorry, but this game is serious. This is. This is this is green screens and, 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 and lighting and cameras. This is what this is. Wow. So again, I set myself apart yeah. from everybody else. And then when I explained to um, my DJ in Vegas uh, what I used, he was like, man, the game has changed even since I've been doing this. He said, look, just what you from what you told me, I have to upgrade now. Wow. So that's pretty um, cool. And and what about your voiceover work? I've been seeing um there are a few people on my timeline on different platforms. You know, everybody's getting into the voiceover thing. I guess it's the next most interesting thing to do, but I don't know much about it. Well, I will tell you this. Everybody, everybody. You heard me just say everybody. Yeah, we saw St. Louis. Look, and then I quickly changed it to everybody. <laughs> We're trying to be professional look, here. Everybody cannot do this. Okay. Because you, you have to work at it. It's... It's every day. I took voice and articulation when I was when I was at Flow Valley. That's a class. That was a class. Wow. And Ron Hines was the teacher. Really? Yes. Like the Ron Hines. Yes. Wow. So when I when and and we had that conversation and now yeah, voice and articulation is a class that everybody should take or at least try and find. It's very hard to find because they don't teach it that much. You have to do theater now. Oh. In order to do it, but voice and articulation was always the key for me 
and then just practicing every day, honing my skills every day, you know. So how do you find voiceover work? Like, I mean, let's say Anita <laughs> wanted to do voiceover. How, how do I find, like, even how to get into that? Start with Facebook. They have voiceover groups. Really? Mm-hmm. Facebook have everything. And they can teach you. They can teach you and tell you what other sites are doing hiring. Like, there are companies out there that are looking for people. But I will tell you this. It's not necessary to join something that you have to pay for in order mm-hmm. to find the work. Okay, it audience, so that's happen, free game, free game. It just so happens I work at a radio station, so I'm always getting work because we have clients. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't I try not to do everything because I don't want to dominate. But that seems to be the case is what's happening on all of our stations now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not mad at it. Right. Because it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have long term goals. So like. Um, a Jacarius Johnson who does shows nationwide, I would be at his front door knocking at his door saying, hey, are you looking for a new voiceover person? Okay. Because at the end of the day, um, this is what I want to do. And I've had that conversation with him. I've had that conversation with Live Nation um, and, and some of these other companies who are producing shows and bringing them to different cities and whatnot. I'm pretty much the youngest of a lot of these voiceover guys. Really? So to them, I'm kind of, it's not that I'm a threat. It's just that I'm just, (laughs) you know, I'm close enough to where I can get what they got and I can Mm -hmm. probably do it at a a lower rate. Okay. But that's because I own my own stuff. Right. And and I just want to take a little time because I think that's really an important concept for people who are thinking about getting into any type of content creation whether it's video whether it's podcasting or whatever owning your own stuff so can you speak to that a little bit so for instance um it doesn't it's not a big cost factor if you really want to get into this game Mm -hmm. you just if you know somebody who's in it ask them what do they use Mm -hmm. what products are they using you know, immediately when I came in here, I started naming off the first thing I named off was this roadcaster because mm-hmm. I've had interest in this <laughs> for the past couple of months. So I was like, you know what? I'm, since I see it sitting here, I got a question. OK, you know, so uh, absolutely uh, find out what people are using. What microphones mm-hmm. are they using? Mm-hmm. Um, what type of processors are they using in their computers to and what what are they using to edit with? Those are the things that you definitely want to um, to find out. What are they using in their studios? Because I'll be I'll tell you, there is a legend and I will not call his name out, but there is a legend that I can tell you right now. If I told you that he recorded in his closet all of his voiceover stuff, that you, you would not know it. You wouldn't know the difference between him and somebody in a thirty or forty thousand dollar studio. Wow. It's all about your ear. It's all about what you can attain. And these things are easily attainable now at a much lower cost than what they used to be. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't know that we necessarily uh, think about owning our content like we own a car or a home because we can. Those are tangible. But when you talk about digital things in the digital digital realm, Mm -hmm. um, I I think that's an oversight that people of uh, an area that people may not consider when they're on when they're starting out. Right, so, right. Um, just knowing that owning your content is important. Yeah, really important. Owning your own equipment, owning everything. You know, 
I started off with a studio that's building a studio with a twelve hundred dollar budget, mm-hmm. and it worked. Is that is that low? Is that high? Because you see the look on my face, like I don't like. What? Why don't we ask this gentleman over here? Twelve hundred dollars is fairly is very reasonable okay um and at the time i didn't have a uh the right microphone i, I will tell you a friend i had comp usa was still around wow that was a long time ago <laughs> they built my first computer and at the time the best you could get was pentium 4 oh my god in your computer pentium 4 was the best you could get there are a lot of probably a lot of young listeners who don't know what a pentium 4 is just google it but yeah it's basically <laughs> the brain of your computer so now you have intel celeron which is the upgrade of the pentiums mm-hmm. then you have the i the i3 i5 i7 I9, mm-hmm. which is way over. You know, I never messed with AMD. AMD is a good product, though, and they, I, believe, I do believe they have this. They're, they're, they've upgraded enough to where they can compete now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so $1,200, and I was off and, and running. I wow. think I spent the most on getting the computer built because that was the key to me to have the computer built to be able to do what I needed it to do. And you know, I have a. I have a question for you. What? So, how do you store all this uh, work that you do? This digital work, this voice work. Will you store it on a computer, or a, a, a portable drive? How do you? It's on my hard drive. Okay. I got a backup to the backup to the to back. the backup. I know that's right because when it's your money, you gotta back back things up, and that's another thing that people may overlook. Right. A lot of people work on their laptops, and I know a lot of people who create music. Mm-hmm. Um, work on their laptops but hey if you're not backing y'all if you're not backing your stuff up uploading it to the cloud or something even if you upload it to the cloud don't let back it, it up back it up anyway because amazon service can go down google service can go down you just never know anything man made can go down right so just just back your stuff up and another thing that people may not know about you that i thought was pretty awesome is when you were djing for the hot chocolate runs i mean you was the dj you were going to every single one yeah oh yeah 14 cities how 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 many years did you do that Ooh, five six years yeah about six years that was that was part of the fun part of the run was knowing that you were gonna be there it was fun but man it was brutal So for, I, I refused to fly. I was like, I drove to every city. <laughs> oh, wow. So for our listeners who don't know, the Hot Chocolate Run is a series, um, 5K, 10K, that's done across the country um, in the wintertime and usually when it's pretty cold. And when you finish the race, you get hot chocolate and a few other snacks. So um, for about five or six years, Don was the DJ for that whole race series. Yeah. So I, I think that was incredibly cool. And I was just like, wow. So how did you come across that opportunity? I was watching Fox 2 and a young lady was on there by the name of Joelle. Uh, I cannot remember her last name, but her first name was significant enough. So when I when she set the uh, set the website up, I, uh, I went right to the website and asked them if they look if, if they were looking for a DJ. And she called. Me. So you just asked them, hey, y'all looking for a DJ? Yeah. Wow, that's proactive. Like you weren't looking to see if they were had an announcement on their page, but you just proactively asked them, "Hey, y'all looking yeah, for a DJ?" I'm sitting there watching the news, I, I, my phone was right there. We typed in the website, and sent the message right then and there, and, and got a response later on that day. And it was Joelle. She she called me, and then um, we did the first year. 
And then uh, when we were down at Union Station, because they used to do um, uh, the uh, pre-registration uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and before the day of the race. So it was like a whole three-day event mm-hmm. up until race day. And then we started talking. And I said, well, how many other cities are you doing? So I'm doing about 14 other cities. I was like... You need DJ to go to the cities? She said, you travel? I said, yeah. <laughs> she was like, give, give me your rates. And so we started making rates. And then they were at the one point they were paying for our hotel. But I got to the point where I was like, I don't need you to pay the hotels anymore. I take care of my own hotel. Wow. Just pay us for the day of the race. So we're good. Oh, okay. And did you have it, people helping you do that? Yeah, my, me and Charlie Chan. Oh, okay. And that's another thing. Like, it's not you have a whole network of other DJs that you work with and do things with. Mm -hmm. So you're not out here just trying to do it on your own. And I think that's a testimony to there's enough room for everybody. Like in in whatever you do, whatever field you are, there's enough room for everybody to get in there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the group, uh, me and Charlie years ago formed the group, the 24 scientists. Mm -hmm. And we've been, building on that ever since and um you know we have not it went from rap artists to djs <laughs> djs to producers and everybody's still intact that's what's up so yeah yeah you uh your group can you say it again the 24 scientists yeah 24 scientists you you, you all have done a lot of things around st louis that people don't really even know that you guys were instrumental in well, you know, and, and a lot of times we don't like to take the credit for it, mm-hmm. but the mere fact that we were able to do it is more than enough credit for us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some pretty cool people in your group. Uh, there's about 30. Wow. Two, 33, almost 35, almost 35 people. Are they all from St. Louis or different places? Uh, all, some of them are from different places at this point because they've all, all moved on. It's funny because... Uh, my birthday, I got a phone call from one of them. I had not heard from him in years. Wow. And I find out he's in, in North Carolina. So um, I, I had to mark that phone number down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think when when we are in these spaces where we can collaborate and work with others, you know, we can and we should. And, and it doesn't have to be competitive. And I think you know that's something we can sit consider we can approach something not from a competitive stance of like you know who can one up the other person but mm-hmm. hey we can do this as a group we don't even need to be out in front let's just do something good right and keep it moving and we just you know make make a note that we did this thing and we rock one and i think that's pretty cool actually yeah, absolutely absolutely um i just you know have been a person who who whatever it is that I wanted to do, I've always just went for it and and made strides to you know achieve whatever it is that I need to achieve. Um, you know, it's just all part of my back, you know, my back upbringing. You know, from a kid, you know, going to church every day. You know, well, not every day. <laughs> I was gonna say every day. I'm sorry. That's admirable. To my church people. I'm sorry. I can't do every day. <laughs> Sundays was cool. Wednesdays was pushing it. But you know, but no, my, my mom knows. My my dad knew um, that I was I was I was something different. And uh, yeah, my dad would always just tell you, you, you got to watch him because you never know what's gonna fly out his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far so good. We've been good. Um, stick around because we are definitely gonna do a part two. 
And I just want to thank the listeners for uh, tuning in to Anita, a podcast with Anita, Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. See the effect I have on these people. <laughs> um, please subscribe um, to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at convoscws at gmail.com. And thanks for tuning in.